That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City, normally Adrian Gruberg, my guest host, is here, but not today. But welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And we're coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, and there's just too many to mention, so I'll just pass on that. And in fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the 50, of the top 50 on Player FM, and number two podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60, and number two podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. It's talking about a mother's struggle to care for her family with a rare and accent on rare disease. Author and educator Anne S. Woodbury has a bachelor's degree in family and child relationships and is an advisor to medical professionals who are still learning about myotonic dystrophy. I never heard of that either. <laughs> the closest thing that I know that even sounds like that is muscular dystrophy. So we'll learn more about that. But before we get started, I want to take this moment and thank last week's guest, Margaret Combs, as she talked about the five key factors to help post-traumatic stress disorder victims to learn. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 25 global networks that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Okay, enough of that. Welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. And we're so excited to have you on. I'm happy to be here, Dave. Oh, good. It, it, it's a much better show when the guest is happy to be here. <laughs> so why don't you take a moment? I like to ask my guests, just who is Anne Woodbury, Anne S. Woodbury, and why was she placed on this earth? Well, the reason I have to put the S in there is if you Google Anne Woodbury, you'll find a lady that does a lot of pottery. And that is not me. Um, So I am on this earth to learn about myotonic dystrophy, which obviously that is not what um, you guys know much about. Um, But Myotonic dystrophy is a genetic disorder. It is one of the muscular dystrophies. And so it has a lot in common with the other muscular dystrophies, but also not so much. How many muscular dystrophies are there? 40 plus. Oh, no, really? Yes. That's also. Each one has a name, right? Yes, they do. And typically when you think of muscular dystrophy, um, the image that comes to people's mind is Duchenne, which is um, someone in a wheelchair. Um, Duchenne is sex linked through the mother. And it's usually terminal by the age of 19, except for the um, modern advances that they live longer now. Yeah. And I didn't know that there was another one because of family member has it. Uh, It's the cognitive type, and maybe it has its own name. I don't know. 
Well, myotonic dystrophy is cognitive. Oh, really? Yes. Um, well, it's muscular too. In fact, it affects more systems in the body than any known disease. Wow. So, um, but the reason to learn about it when, first of all, it's rare, so you probably don't know of anybody with it, is because of the way that it affects the cognition and also even the physical appearance. Um, so my family members will probably not ever end up in wheelchairs. Um, they may have a slightly different gait, but not all of them. Most of them you would think look normal in society, um, but it affects issues all the way from the GI tract to their eyes um, to just, I, I, the list is endless. Um, and so you might see somebody with a slightly off appearance and, you know, they may not have myotonic dystrophy, but the ones with myotonic dystrophy do tend to have that off appearance. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because in our society, appearance is everything and we tend to be judgmental. And, um, you know, and hopefully most of us, especially in the caregiver world, are more understanding than that. But um, so, so just be aware that just because something's slightly off, it's not on purpose. And, and give me an example when you say their, their face, for example, might be slightly off. What are we talking about? Like cross-eyed eyes or a, a funny expression? I mean, can you be specific just so we can... Yeah, a little more subtle than that. Um, they have muscle wasting, so they tend to have hollow um, at the temples of the eyes. It's a little sunken the in. temples might be a little sunken in. Okay. Yeah. Um, my family has issues with smiling. Um, and they can't do it or what? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, so their smile might be a little strange, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Okay. Right. Um, it just might not be, they just might not turn up at the lip, at the corners, you know. Talk about facial muscle problems. Um, so they can't close their eyes all the way. Really? Yeah. There can be ptosis, which is droopy eyelids. Mm. Um, that happens normally with age. Anyway. Yes, it does. Yes. Um, how about blinking? Um, when they, when they can't close their eyes, you mean they're blinking, but their eyes don't close all the way. Yes. So they end up with dry eyes and uh. interestingly dry eyes end up making your eyes water. People think, Oh, I don't have dry eye. My eyes water all the time. That's why they're watering. Um, but then they also, they, most of my family can't move their forehead, can't lift their eyebrows. So the facial expression is very flat. So the things we take for granted, like doing this or yes. all the facial kind of, I never realized how many things we can do with our face. You know? Yes. But yes. And that, because faces are so important, even from the start of a baby, mm -hmm. um, that gets interpreted as someone not caring when, when they don't interact sure. with their facial expression. Well, I guess it's important to uh, explain to people, like my wife has a stroke and she lost uh, the right side of her body. So therefore, you know, um, her smile might be a little crooked mm -hmm. or, you know, and she has aphasia, so she can't really explain. So she used to carry a little card around with her, you know, and says, um, I don't think it said, uh, no, I'm not retarded or something. It, it just said, no, I, I can hear and I can see. 
uh, I have uh, an issue understanding, or, you know, I had a stroke, just a, a little brief, and she just hands the card to them and they read it. So, oh, okay. So they know what to expect. One of my family members, like I mentioned, has a cognitive form of MS where they seem normal. MD. They MD. look normal, and but they're, they're kind of fresh in the morning. And as the day wears on, they started getting brain fog. And it's almost like being awake for 24 to 36 hours. I mean, I've done that before. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, I can't think. You know, I need to rest. And that's kind of what their symptoms are. Uh, any similarity in that? And so, so you said MS. Did you mean muscular dystrophy? You no, know, I do get those two mixed up. <laughs> Okay. Muscular dystrophy, yes. Yeah, okay. So that's the interesting thing about our world. We see people when they're all together, right? Um, Or most of the time. And so we think that there wasn't much effort taken to get to that point. You know, except again, as caregivers. You know, like my wife says, what do you think? I wake up looking like this? Yes, <laughs> right, right. Um, and so, so yes, the, but the, they wake up with that exhaustion. They don't even start out refreshed ever. Um, and so that's where some of the cognitive um, comes into effect. They, they have sleep apnea, even though they can be thin as a rail. They have sleep apnea. The muscles, uh, myotonia means the muscles don't stop firing. So if you give someone um, with this issue of um, CPAP machine and this air is blowing in their mouth, it makes the muscles fire, makes the muscles react. So a CPAP actually makes them worse. Um, So they need a BiPAP or something more educated than that, but their frontal temporal lobe is affected. So their judgment is impaired. Um, My family lovingly calls me the Woodbury frontal lobe (laughs) because all of the family has this and their ability to make decisions, um, have good judgment is affected. And so they all have cell phones because they can call me at the drop of a hat. (laughs) to help them with decisions. Well, so we can have somebody in our lives that maybe doesn't have myotonic dystrophy, but maybe has poor judgment. And so you can see how this would overlap to many facets of other people in society. Yeah. So you have four children, they're adults now. Yes. And all four of them have DM. Yes. It's supposed to be passed on 50%, but we do things you got well. lucky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> now you don't have it. Uh, who I else? don't. Who in your family does have it besides? It's my, it's my husband. And it also has a unique trait um, that most diseases don't have, which is called anticipation, which is where it gets worse in each generation. Oh, my. So, so you're dealing with five of them. Yes. So my husband has it. He has less symptoms, but he still has the high risk issues. And this is part of why I want to inform people about this. The risks of this disease, if you have any family members with extreme fatigue and you might connect any other dots, get this checked out because the heart, even though it's a muscle, it doesn't affect it muscularly. It affects the electricity. And one of the leading causes of death is sudden death. The heart doesn't give the message to the bottom part of the heart and they die. 
Um, so they all have to be followed by cardiologists. And the oh. other high risk thing is, which is common with most muscular dystrophies, is they can't come out from anesthesia. And anesthesia or oh. nar- narcotics can be fatal. And so these this information needs to get out there for anybody that might be suspicious of these concerns because you have to change all the way everything happens in the hospital. Wow, that is that is amazing. And I never would have guessed that you had all that stuff to deal with. You said it gets progressively worse in each generation, right? Yes. So my curious mind naturally thinks back. So does that mean uh, your husband's father had it less and his father had it less? And pretty soon you got to get to a point where nobody had it. No. Right. And or so the symptoms where- like weren't even there. Yeah. Where so did where it does come it come from? Exactly. So they've started to research that. So it's on the long arm of the 19th chromosome. Um, so Those it has darn to, chromosomes. Huh? Yeah. It has to do with some information called CTG and we all have duplicate CTGs on the long arm of the 19th chromosome. Okay. I have 14. That's normal. If you get between 30 and 50, then you could pass it on to your children, but you don't have the disease. But if you're at 50 or above, which my husband's at 100, um, then it gets passed on dramatically. So all of your children are at at theoretically 50% risk of passing it on to their children with worse symptoms. Yes, it does affect... um, it, it can make it, there's more chance for sterility. So eventually it does die off. Oh, so would you recommend that all of your children adopt and not have uh, birth? birth I, children? I am so proud of my children. They have all <laughs> chosen not to pass it on. Wow. Um, and that would be an option of adoption. However, they're so exhausted doing their own life. How would they take care of a child? Right. So they've all chosen not to have children either. Yeah. And if everybody did that, it would eventually wipe itself out, right? You would think that, except for the fact of those people that have between the 30 and 50 and have no clues that they have it, mm. then it will get passed. So how do you find out if you have it, if you don't have symptoms? Um, if you don't have symptoms, you would have to have a DNA test, which can be pricey. If you suspicion that you have any inkling of it, then you would need to reach out to a muscular dystrophy association neurologist because many neurologists haven't even heard of this. Hello, really? Yeah. So you would need to reach out to the muscular dystrophy association and find a neurologist in your area that you can go to to get it diagnosed. You no, know, nothing, nothing surprises me anymore. I, 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 I don't understand how a neurologist cannot know that something like that is out there. Right. Well, that's why I'm here. And that's why the myotonic foundation is myotonic.org is here as we're trying to educate people. It is actually um, found in one in 2,100 people. If they do the blood work, but only one in 8,000 people are diagnosed. Wow. So you've come up with a care formula or a personal self-care formula. And uh, why don't you share that with us? 
Okay. Well, for one thing, it's downloadable free on my website. Well, that's nice. Mycausemyfamily.com. My cause, C-A-U-S-E, my family. Yes. Dot com. And if you'll go to go there and um, put in your email, you can download it. I have a background in family and child relationships. And um, so I learned a lot of psychology in college and learned about the Maslow's hierarchy. Some of you may have heard of that, which really talks about that the pinnacle of life is our self-fulfillment. Right. And so it's kind of assumed that that's where we all want to be. Well, my theory is we need to go back to the basics, which is back to the foundation of am I hungry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? And it can even be am I hungry for relationships? Am I hungry to get out of the house? Um, And so my self-care formula helps you figure out what you personally need, what you're missing to help you meet those basics. Wow, that's that's fascinating. So I'm I'm reading my notes here. Many of those with DM live on the margins of society, unable to hold down a job and struggling with multiple symptoms. God, so what's what's the hope for them uh, in living a normal life? And how normal is normal for them? Yeah, that's where I was going to go with that. So three of my four children are on Social Security. Um, My one that's not my daughter is in the process of applying. She has held down a job for 20 years, but her disease is progressing. And progresses as well. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's a progressive These these guys don't get a break, do they? No, they don't. And they really end up falling through the margins because my daughter looks normal. People think, you know, you know, just just try harder. Um, (laughs) Does the government, does Social Security uh, give you any problem in in listing this as an official a disorder or disease? Yes, that, it's. Um, she's been turned down already. I mean, if neurologists don't even know about it, you, yeah. you know that government workers probably haven't got a clue. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It. Um, it. My, my one son that had a success story is because he fell asleep in front of the judge. <laughs> See, bad <me>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'll have to coach my daughter to fall asleep in front of the judge. You know? So you've got to state your case in front of a judge. That's where they, they turn they, you down and then you yes. appeal and then they turn down the appeal. Then you appeal the appeal and so on. Yep. Yep. Oh you my got gosh. it. I am so sorry. Yeah. Wow. One of those hidden diseases that nobody ever knows about. Right. Right. And so and it's I usually love- misdiagnosed, right? Yes. Because- what do they mistake it for? Um, the irritable bowel syndrome, (laughs) um, Asperger's because Uh, of the way it affects the frontal lobe and the flat affect, you know, um, or or somewhere on the spectrum, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and so it's by, by talking to you, I, and the listeners, you listeners out there, if it piques your interest, Maybe you know somebody with something similar. That curiosity is what's going to help spread the awareness of this disease. If you're curious about someone down the street, 
Um, and, and it's a very isolating disease. I met a lady at the post office that said my neighbor was just told that her daughter was born with it. And I said, here, take my book to her. And she says, oh, she doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Denial. And, yeah. Uh, and laziness is a typical excuse that yes. uh, they give them. Yes. Yes, very much so. So it's, it's very hard to make inroads with people with this. My, my two youngest who are on Social Security, and they live together um, in public housing. How old are they now? They're now 38 and 32. None of them are married. No, but they would like to be. Um, and they've been in a couple of relationships that have, they've been taken advantage of. They have many caregivers that come in and help with them. And they think that their mom just knows how to work the system because they don't really think there's anything wrong with them. And you, I mean, I'm assuming you have problems with insurance companies too, who want to, who don't want to pay the bill, right? Yes, but um, because we got them diagnosed before they were 26, they are on their dad's health insurance is disabled. Oh. So they, and until my husband retires, they have insurance, plus they have Medicaid. So we tend to get things covered for them, but that is a common story. So I would recommend, or you would recommend that uh, people try to get on Medicaid if they can. It's the yes. golden ticket, especially when they hit 65. What's their life expectancy, by the way? I'm sorry to be talking about them like they're, they're not there or, or they're just right. a statistic. They're real people. Well, and it depends on the severity of the disease because it can be, even be, you can have congenital, which their life expectancy is going to be shorter than someone like my husband who started having issues at 40. Um, but the thing that takes them most of the time is either the sudden death from the heart or something like pneumonia because it can affect their swallowing muscles and they can aspirate. Um, so those are the kind of things that end their life prematurely. And did your husband not know he had it when you and him married? No, and we'd had all our children before we found out. And how did you find out? Um, actually, a nephew was diagnosed with it. And um, we had had one child, Michael, that had had a lot of problems. And so we thought maybe he had it. We had no idea they all had it. Um, and so we, he'd ha Michael had had speech problems since he was two. And um, so at 14, we started getting him checked to see if we couldn't figure out how to help him with his speech problems. He'd been in speech therapy since he's two and a half. He's so smart. He has a college degree in communication, but he can't apply the speech knowledge to himself. Still can't understand him. And he's 38. Well, what else in the remaining uh, four minutes that we have, would you like to say that I haven't already asked you? If you have any um, questions about this, go to myatonic.org. Everything on that website is doctor approved. You can also reach out to me through mycausemyfamily.com um, and reach out to the Muscular Dystrophy Association. If there's any questions, a uh, muscular dystrophy neurologist will see you and at least rule it out. Um, and probably when I first met this community and I was on an online chat and I asked them, what's the worst part of this disease? And to the person living with it, the worst part is the fatigue, extreme fatigue. So if you have or know anyone that has extreme fatigue, um, this might uh, start 
a journey. I would think I would think they would also misdiagnose you as having fibromyalgia or something. I don't know. Um, this disease most of the time does not <sighs> cause a lot of pain, though there is oh, two types. Thank God for that. Yes, there's two types. There's type two, and that does have a lot of pain. So I'm sure that's their story. And I'm representing them too. They're just even more rare than ours, which is type one. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know when you first approached me, I was like, I don't know. I never heard of it. And I don't know how many people will have it, but it's fascinating. And, and people should know because you don't really know who has it. And, and uh, like you said, there's neurologists who have never heard of it before. And so education is always a beneficial thing. So I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing. And as with any disease, self-education and the the patient themselves probably isn't going to get self-educated with this particular disease, but the caregiver, because we have a wonderful doctor, just a general practitioner, but I know he still thinks that I'm an enabling mother (laughs) and I, my kids wouldn't survive without me advocating for them. And so, so, you know, be your own advocate or your own family member that you're the caregiver for. And caregiving is as, you know, preaching to the choir here. Um, but it's so important that we take care of ourselves because statistically, we're the first to go if we don't. That's right. 30% of caregivers die before their loved ones do just from the stress. Yes. So uh, self-care is very important. Because even though you don't have the disease, I bet many times you feel like you do. I I thought I did for many years because I was so fatigued. (laughs) Yes, fatigue is contagious and so is stress. (laughs) Yes. And please check out my website, My Cause, My Family, even if it's just to download my personal self-care formula. I really think, pat myself on the back, but I think I've done a good job of helping figure out what we're what, what we've got our blinders on about ourselves. Yeah. It sounds like you might even have a better resource than the muscular dystrophy uh, as far as talking about it. Is, is that true or? Yes. Um, I do get a lot of positive feedback from the community. Well, maybe you should um, uh, contact them and maybe they should put your website as part of their website <laughs> because they, I'm sure they get a lot of hits. Believe me, I've asked. <laughs> No comment. (laughs) Thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. 